together. Let's read this passage in Acts 1. Let's all stand up and read the Bible here. I think some of us need to stand up and stretch a little bit, if you're able to. If you're not able to or uh, hindered there, then that's okay. Acts 1. Let's read in Acts chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 14. And our focus is here being a witness tonight. And I want to try to keep this sprinkled uh, throughout the year by way of messages. Acts chapter 1, in this, the book of Acts is actually part two of, two of a treatise that Luke had written. The Gospel of Luke is the first half. The second half of the treatise is the book of Acts. So notice here, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, we're going to see the last few days of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth and the first several days of the early church. Acts 1, verse 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, But wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And they returned into, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus. Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. All right, you can be seated. God bless you tonight as we continue in his word. So my, my uh, son Grant went a few weeks ago with his Auntie Sarah to, there's this area over behind, if you go to the Riparian Preserve, there's a library and the Riparian Preserve is kind of like a desert preserve area. And they went over there and then behind that, there's a, there's a, um, east of that is a canal. And in that area, there's some people that have some acreage over there. And some of them have horses and different animals. And there's this one particular house that we like to go by. It's kind of by the power lines. Uh, there's all kinds of things, crisscrossing power lines and uh, uh, canal, and he took him over there. They did some things, and 
there's a one house where they have different animals and sheep and donkey and horse and a bunch of other stuff and you can kind of feed the animals. You like doing that, don't you, bud? And so Aunt Sarah took him there a few weeks ago when he then and when he got back, I, I said, Hey Grant. I said, So so what did you do? I said, What'd you do over there? And he's uh, uh, he said, here, and, and I quote, here's what he said. I saw five quail, a sheep, two goats, fed a donkey, saw two cows laying down and a donkey kicking a fence because he wanted food. Oh, and I saw a few jackrabbits, and I saw something that looked like a rat, but it was a squirrel. <laughs> That's when he told me he saw. I'm like, well, well, let me write this down here. <laughs> that was quite a bit, and he remembered a lot of stuff that he saw. That's uh, that's his witness. That's what he saw. All right? That's what a witness is. A witness is, you don't have to be, have eyes to be a witness, but a lot of times a witness tells you what they saw or what they know to be true or what they know they've heard. A witness is one who testifies, one who affirms an event, a sight, or a sound. They confirm a matter. Witnesses are used in court. Can you confirm that you saw this, that you heard this, that you met this, that you've been here? And they affirm, yes. And their witness is used in court. You get a couple different ones to see a certain, to establish a certain truth. And the Lord Jesus Christ here, this passage here, the context is Jesus is assembled with the disciples. He'd already been crucified, risen from the dead. He'd been with them for 40 days. And uh, sometime before the last 40 days, is the context here, last few days, he's with them and uh, they're asking him questions and they're saying, um, uh, you know, uh, you know what, what do you, what's the, well, in fact, he said he taught things pertaining to the kingdom of, get, the kingdom of God and they asked him, well, when are you, is this the time that you're going to restore again the, the Israel to their kingdom? The language, the exact way they asked it is verse 6. Wilt thou at this time restore the, again the kingdom to Israel? Is that what you're going to do right now? Are you going to restore again the kingdom to Israel? Israel was waiting for a kingdom. They're still waiting for a kingdom. And he says, that's not, that. he didn't say, no, we're never going to do that anymore. We're done with that. He didn't say that. He says, it's not for you to know that. Um, but he said, uh, you... It's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in His own power, but you're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you're going to be witnesses unto me. That's the focus, he says. Again, Israel waiting for their Messiah. Messiah shows up. Very not The, the a remnant of Israelites believed that. The rest of them got angry, crucified them in conjunction with the Romans. Jesus rises from the dead. He takes his remnant, the disciples, the other 120 at least that are assembled here, establishes his church. The remnant ask him, are you going to do the kingdom? Are we going to, even though everybody kind of left, you came unto your own, your own received, you're not going to set up the kingdom? No, it's not for you to know that. Here's what you need to know. And he gives them, here's what you're going to need to be witnesses unto me all over the world. That's what he says. Think about this. The disciples, Jesus was determined to make his church a witness. The disciples heard, the disciples heard him. They heard his, they heard his voice. They heard his voice, what it sounded like. They saw him. 
John was very touchy. John touched him, leaned on his breast. He was kind of like the younger brother of the group. Saw him, heard him, touched him, handled him, walked with him. They, they, uh, they were very close. They were, and then they, they fled from him when he was taken in the garden and crucified. Some of them saw him crucified. Perhaps they all walked by the scene. They certainly heard of his resurrection where the women were the first to see it and they ran to see it. And Yes, he is resurrected. They went fishing with him. After he had risen from the dead, they saw his hands, his feet. He showed up in a, in a room like this probably just without coming through the doors. He had to say, peace be unto you so they wouldn't all faint. They saw a lot of stuff. They were so... <laughs> By the time they get to here, they are sure that He is the Messiah, that He's the Savior, that He was crucified and risen from from the dead for their sins. They were confident of it. So He says, you're my witnesses. And so that's what you need to be. You're going to wait. I'm going to ascend. You're going to wait a few more days. The Holy Spirit's going to come down and give you power. And then you're going to be witnesses here, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. That's what you're going to be. Boy, they were equipped to be witnesses. How many of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but are we convinced that Jesus Christ really existed? If you're not, I I don't hesitate to tell you, go figure it out. If your honest mind will come to a pretty uh, affirmative conclusion, I believe. If you're honest and open-minded, you're going to make, there's so much evidence that demands a verdict. He did exist. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Again, look at the evidence honestly. Do you believe that he rose from the dead? There's many infallible proofs to that. And then for us, have we trusted him as our Savior, having known all those things? Then we're a witness also. We're a witness. The Lord did not tell his disciples, ye shall be, look what he says, ye shall be witnesses unto me. He didn't say, ye shall be judges unto me. We need to use common sense and make judgment. He didn't say, ye shall be Bible scholars unto me. It's okay to study the Bible and even try to be specialized in some area, but that's not the focus. He didn't say, you shall be actors unto me, putting on a good show. He didn't say, you shall be musicians unto me, although music's throughout the Bible and it's a a thing we ought to employ. He didn't say, you shall be musicians unto me. He said, they have a place, but that's not the main place. He said, you shall be witnesses unto me. In Proverbs, oh, by the way, in your calendar, we tried to put a verse about witnessing on every page here. Some of them are a couple of Proverbs. Some of them are a couple about John the Baptist. So just a little, just a little reminder for us about the idea of a witness. Listen to the Bible, Proverbs 14, 25, a true witness delivered souls. John 1 says of John, John came to bear witness of the light. He wasn't that light. He just came to bear witness of the light. John 5, 33, he sent unto John and he bear witness. John 18, 37, Pilate said, Art thou a king then? Jesus said, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that's of the truth heareth my voice. Jesus was a witness. Revelation calls him the faithful and true witness. I love that statement. And then Acts 4, 3, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection God gave him great power to and so let's consider this tonight we're looking at this passage you're like okay pastor you preach the message what's more what more is there to it we're done actually this passage tells us 
It tells us the focus of what church ministry, our church ministry should be, and that is to, to witness for Christ. That's a focus out of a love for Him, out of a love for others. Witness for Him. That's what we're supposed to do. But in particular, this passage reveals the kind of witness He would have us be for Him. And I want to tell you what, the kind, there's three descriptions of the kind of witness we need to be, and this is what we'll look at tonight with our remaining time. Our witness should be Christ-centered. Secondly, our witness is Holy Spirit-empowered. And thirdly, our witness is to be everywhere. That's what this verse reveals. Notice what he says, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be, listen to this, witnesses unto me. Witnesses unto me. I know some Christians, they want to tell you about some issue in the Bible they're excited about. They want to witness to some person about some political thing they're excited about, some moral thing they're excited about. But Jesus says, you need to be a witness unto me. Our witness, the issue, is showing another person the way to eternal life, and that is through faith in Christ. When Grant told me about his outing, he just told me what he knew. And we know Jesus. So I just want to say that I need to witness what I know. I know Jesus. I know He's a Savior. I believe He, he um, came to earth. God's Son died, rose from the dead, and I believed on Him. He saved my soul. And something changed when I believed on Him. And I have an assurance of that. Notice what it says here, though. Let's think about this here. I want you to try to grasp this. Our witness should be Christ-focused. Now, watch this. This is in contrast to something. The disciples in verse 6, they were come together and said, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, they're interested in something. And he says, verse 7, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. How many of you would like to know the timing of some things? Yeah. Lord, when are we going to have, uh, you know, when are we going to, you know, how about the rapture? I wonder when the rapture is. When is the rapture? And it, we know there's a rapture. I wonder when it is. I wonder when, I wonder who the Antichrist is. There are some things you can figure out about that. I wonder what that is. And, and we start getting into all these things of, you take a Bible truth and you start asking questions beyond what was meant to be revealed about it. The Lord says to his disciples, it's not time for you to focus on those times. They could have gone into speculation and trying to predict the timing when he's going to do the restore the kingdom to Israel. But they did not. They focused on the focus he gave them. Nowadays, I see Christians distracted. Here's a big thing right now. Ready? Most Christians are distracted. Just forget about Bible for a minute. We are distracted by all kinds of stuff. But then some of us that are in the Bible, we get distracted by stuff that's Bible, but it's not like it's the most important things. I've seen guys come and they get so focused on maybe a, maybe a one slice of an issue of prophecy, and that's all the thing they want to talk about all the time. Everywhere, and, want to, and they, want to, they want to drill you in the head about it. And that's their whole focus. Some people talk, they want to get focused on things that are from Scripture and are there, but they're not weighty. 
When did Jesus start the church? People divide over that silly question. Was it with the disciples? Was it at Pentecost? Was it right after the resurrection? People want to fuss over that. I'm like, come on, that's not a... That's, that's, I have an answer to that, but it's not, the, it's not the most important issue. The issue is that I'm in a church. There's people, the Bible says, be not, and at the end of the book of Hebrews, it says, be not carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. Listen, there's people who believe that angels intermarried with humans. I don't believe that. And they, they will talk to you about, do you believe this? And they'll, they'll want to fuss with you about it. And they'll make it their showcase part of their conversation. Now, some people still believe that, that don't make it their showcase part of their conversation, but others, they make it a big, I'm going, Man, is that all you got to talk about? Or the timing of Christ's return. I was here today. <clears throat> Sometimes I'm able to watch charity and do other things. And so um, I took her early. She got up early. She's funny. She, gets, she starts piping up in her bed. You know? talking, and she's up, and it's still dark, and so I got her, and I got her ready, got her diaper bag, came down here, I was doing some studying, praying, had her in the nursery, I'm sitting down in there in the nursery on the chair early this morning, I'm letting her play, she, she does okay playing by herself, supervised for a little while, and she's playing with this stuff, and she's flipping over toys and dumping over things like this, and I'm sitting in the corner, and um, you know the little heater thing in there? We have a pretty safe little here. I put it behind the seat, and she's playing. And after a while, there's only one thing she wants to play with. Come all the way over here, and she sees a cord. She wants to grab that cord and keep playing with that cord. I mean, you, it's not even obvious that the cord's there. It's like kind of behind me. You can barely see it unless you get right next to the chair there. She's grabbing it. I'm like, no, Charity, sweetheart. Come on. And I put her over here right in the middle of the pile of all these wonderful toys that need her attention. She turns back around, crawls back over, kind of her own goofy way. She crawls weird, and she goes and grabs. I'm thinking, good grief. There's, a, there's four dozen toys in here, and there's one thing she wants to play with, this cord that's not going to help her life. And uh, like, come on. And, you know, I, I feel like <clears throat> um, now sometimes we as Christians, we get like that where there's a thousand people out there that need to hear something from us. And what do we want to do? Something that doesn't matter. There's a thousand people out here that need, some, need to hear something from me and from you. They need to hear some word, some expression, some way that's a witness. And we're goofing around with something that's not that important. But the Lord says, "Be a." here's what he says, witnesses unto me. So, the thing, here's what I'm trying to get. We'll move to the next point. Well, what I want to, if I ever get in a discussion with somebody, if you ever get in a discussion with somebody about, they say, oh, you're religious stuff. Just kind of like kind of clear through the religious stuff because that's how people think or they think churchy things. Just kind of realize that's in their mind. We know the main issue. People need to come to see their need to have a relationship with a person, Jesus Christ, who intervened for their sins. And so that you don't have to get into the church discussion and the, so much, 
but try to get person, a person to see the value of this person, Jesus Christ. Be a witness unto him. I put my, you could say, you know what? I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I go to this church. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Witnesses unto me. That's a, the focus, a Christ-centered witness. Secondly, a Holy Spirit empowered. Holy Spirit equipped, helped, strengthened witness. Look what Jesus said there. Interesting language, verse 4. They're all gathered together, verse 4. They're assembled together. He commanded them, don't leave yet from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. You ever had a phone? You know, you've been using your phone. You're using your phone. You're like, man, it's going dead. Ah. And so it's like 1% and it's about to die. You go over and you plug it in. And then, now, most of you plug it in, you keep using it. You know, you're like, you're like, you're like hanging sideways on your bed or something trying to read it. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you just got to some, plug something in and just let it set. You know, let it charge. Do the trickle charge on your batteries for your car or your motorcycle. Let your phone, just let it set. Let it charge because it, it'll be ready when it's charged. So the Lord has all the disciples together. And he's going to ascend into heaven, and they're going to go, whoa. And he said, just wait here. You know what to do, but just wait until the Holy Spirit power comes upon you. And 10 days later, that's what happened at Pentecost. I believe that's when they got the Holy Spirit for good. And every person that believes on Jesus Christ since then gets the Holy Spirit for good. And it came in a unique way, and they sensed his power. All right, so he says, verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In other words, he didn't want them jumping up and trying to do something without help. Aren't you glad? It's true tonight. When you get up and you try to talk to somebody, you have help. You may not have, you may not speak in tongues or some other thing or but but you have and I have God's Holy Spirit to help me. And I want to depend on that because he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Number three, the last point is this. The kind of witness he wants us to be, Christ-centered witness, a Holy Spirit-dependent, equipped witness. And then last of all, a witness that's everywhere active. Look what it says there in verse 8. He says, you shall be witnesses unto me. Look at the middle of the verse to the end. Both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It's a wonder, the way that verse is worded, when it says both, the word means at the same time. It means at the same time that you're doing something here in Jerusalem, also in Judea, and in Samaria, and in uttermost parts of the world. It's speaking of really the church being active in missions work everywhere. When it says both, it means at the same time everywhere functioning. My witness should function in some way everywhere. This means all people types. Now think about these are Jewish men. They had to go, well, Jerusalem, we got that handled. Judea, yeah, yeah, we got Judea handled. Samaria, oh, Samaritans, Samaritans. Well, guys, I guess the Lord spoke to the woman at the well. If she, he can speak to her, then we can speak to them. And then the uttermost parts of the earth... Well, the uttermost, he's saying for, the, for them to be everywhere. And that's how we need to be. We need to be everywhere. And this is part of, this is kind of sending an offering everywhere. But in some ways, we should be willing to go everywhere. 
and we're willing to go to a different people group. Some of us don't like the smell or the look of another person. You know, there's certain cultures I literally don't like the smell or why their house smells a certain way. I don't like it. They might not like the smell of my house, you know. But I realize I gotta, I gotta be willing to go into that house and witness to that person. Some people have said the Americans smell like sour milk or something like that. I don't know. And then I, but I want to reply, but that would be rude. But um, you know, some people they smell different, they look different, they sound different. But the Lord says, go there, and witness to all types. Christians should, of all people, should have the least amount of racism because of this, or none, none. All right, so he says everywhere active. What kind of witness should I be? One that's Christ-centered, one that's dependent on the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to be. And everywhere he says, so the, 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 the template there is like your local area, Jerusalem. And then the, 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 out, the little layer, the uh, 50 miles beyond that, 50, 100 miles beyond that, Judea, that's your other region. And then the area that's like, ah, I don't want to go there, Samaria. And then everywhere else. So that speaks to us today. I'm glad they're willing to go everywhere else. I'm glad that, you know, we have some that are in our Jerusalem. we got some local church planners. Um, it's funny. I, my little charity, so I, I was, I've been teasing charity lately. I don't think she gets it, of course, but she has this little... She has this little onesie. I hold her up. She has this little onesie, and it says, it's this little pink onesie. It says, I can change the world. That's what it says. It even sounds like that. <laughs> it says, I can change the world. I'm looking at that thing. I'm like, you can change the world. Isn't that cute? So I'll take her, and I'll be like, all right, lay her down, because she's got a messy diaper. And I'm like, look at you. I can change the world. And I'll be like, not before you get your diaper changed. You got to change your diaper first, you know, take care of that business. You know, there's a lot of people, though, I, this is what's interesting to me. And I see this, oh, I see this sometimes in myself, but I see it in, in people and Christians where they think we get this mentality that we get this mentality of, I want to change the world. You can change the world. You know the people that really changed the world for good usually didn't set out to do that? They usually set out to just work on the clo people closest to them. And then it just grew from there. I see sometimes Christians are like, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. Well, and, you know, the most, I blogs and websites, like, this website is dedicated to the transformation of our culture because of our great ideas. And I think, you know, those, those are good things, but I think, you know, I don't, sometimes people, the best way to start changing the world is like work on the guy within 30 feet of you. The, the neighbor that doesn't know you have this wonderful blog that's trying to change the world, maybe you could help him. You know, that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say to all of us is like, um, I just need to be the best witness I could be beginning right close to me with my neighbor, my own family, the people that I get to meet, my own Jerusalem. And of course, you got to go beyond that. But who's already near me? 
I remember, and so here's what we need to do. <clears throat> so tonight we need to say, God, help me be a good witness this year. And, and to be obedient to this. Aren't you glad I don't have to convert people? There's a spiritual work that God does that I can't do in salvation. It's not all up to me. I mean, I can, we say win souls, and it's, we're part of that process. The Lord does that convicting. In fact, nobody can come to Him unless the Father draws Him, Jesus said. But all I got to do is just say in the best way I can, Gospel. Try to get into a gospel conversation with somebody. I remember um, there was a guy that I used to work with that um, actually he, my dad and I, we had the shop and my dad rented a stall to one, to one of the guys. He did his own work. His name was Todd. <clears throat> and um, Todd, in fact, he came here one time some years ago to visit here, but I would have a chance to talk to him, maybe on a lunch break or go over to the refrigerator. We kind of shared the same refrigerator. I'd go over there and I'd see what he's doing and I'd talk to him. And we got to talk about some things. I got to talk to him about the Lord and witness to him. And quite frankly, I don't even remember all the times I witnessed to him. I just remember it was a couple times. And then Todd um, kind of moved on and did some things. He went, went to Tucson, I think, for a while and had some rough things I think that he told me that happened to him there. Then he went up to Sholo and moved. And I believe he's still up in that area. Last I checked, I did a quick little Facebook check on him recently. And it looks like that's where he is. I don't know. Um, went up to Sholo. He came down here. I think the next time I met him, I think he visited church here. We were kind of reorientated this way, had a smaller building. And he visited here and I got talking to him. And he said, he said, yeah, he said, uh, I've been going to this church <clears throat> up in Sholo, and he named the name of the church. I, today, I wouldn't recommend this particular church, but he, went, he says, I, I've been going to such and such church. And I'm like, what? My wife's uncle started that church years ago uh, up there in Sholo, and it's kind of gone through a different philosophy change since then, but... And he goes, yeah, I've been going to that church. And he goes, uh, I got baptized there. I was like, so you got saved? He goes, yeah, yeah, I got saved up there. And now he moved down here for a little while or was visiting or something. I don't know what it was. He goes, yeah, I got saved. He goes, I remember everything you told me. That's what he told me. I'm like, what did I tell him? <laughs> but I, I was thinking, what, you know, is it? I was trying to think through the gospel. I, apparently that's great, you know. I knew he told him the gospel. Was there something else? Because I, I just remember, I couldn't forget what you told me. I'm like, man, that's great. He goes, yeah. He got saved and baptized. Then he comes down, he's here for a little while, and he, apparently he's back up there. I looked him up on Facebook. He's going to, looks like a gospel preaching church, a Bible church up there. I'm like, man, that's a blessing. You know, I was like, and I thought to myself, man, all I did was talk to him. I'm nothing special. I just said a few things to him and tried to engage him a little bit and, he listened, and I didn't buttonhole him, pin him against the wall and say, listen to me, pal. I didn't do that. We just got to talk, and apparently didn't. I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know what God was doing in his heart. I'm glad that he made that profession of faith. You can do that. That's what we need to do. Let's pray for opportunities. Let's make opportunities. You know, this is, I, I want to say something. Just as a little side, this isn't the main thing. A lot of us are on social media. 
And I don't think social media is the answer to everything for Christianity. But what I'm noticing is, I'm noticing a lot of Christians have all kinds of stuff except the gospel on there. If you're going to have something, have the gospel. I mean, I got a little video that I just recently put up from Brother Chris Miller. did a quick little video. Let's have at least the gospel. That's not, again, the best thing is usually a one-on-one conversation. Let's have little witnesses of the gospel on our social media as you're able to. And pray for opportunities and make opportunities. We can do it, church. This is what the Lord wants us to be this year. When we say, Lord, help me to be all you want me to be, this is part of what he wants us to be this year. So let's pray for that. And let's ask God to help us to be that this year, to be witnesses unto him. Amen?